I'd like to say something that I've prepared tonight. All right, Alan. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining me for season 10 of the Raise Your Game Show. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. This season, I recruit several friends and colleagues to discuss their primary core values, how they live them daily, and why they play such an important role in their day-to-day decision-making. Joining me today is someone I was introduced to by a mutual friend recently. After exchanging a few emails, we hopped on an exploratory call, and I was immediately blown away by his passion and perspective. Ben Rogers is the founder of TBL Coaching LLC, a performance coaching business that encourages ironclad attitudes, disciplined habits, and an intense focus on preparation. Ben's coaching is rooted in action and accountability to help clients achieve maximum performance in whatever game they play in sports or business. Ben is also the host of The Bottom Line Podcast, which I highly recommend you check out. Simply search The Bottom Line with Ben Rogers in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. In this series, Ben and I will discuss his three primary core values of attitude, discipline, and preparation. In today's episode, we will be focusing on attitude. Ben, in a previous episode of this series, we talked about your core value of attitude and love that discussion. So now let's pivot to your second core value, and that is discipline. Uh, which happens to be one of my favorite words and mindsets. But I would love for you to unpack a little bit how you define and and how you feel about discipline, what it means to you. And and then, of course, that will parlay into why that's one of your three core values. Absolutely. So the the mission of uh, the Bottom Line Coaching Company is to build an army of disciplined leaders who are present with and positively impact their relationships and their community. So discipline is really the backbone and the foundation of everything that we do. I went to I went to a, a school in Virginia, a high school called Hanover High School. Um, it was I was the second class to go all four years. Brand new school in 2003, so I, I I went there from 2004 to 2008 and played football in four, five, six, and seven. We had a first year head coach uh, my sophomore year, and he was at the time I think 27 years old, very very young guy. Um, and fast forward to today, he's next to my dad, still my greatest inspiration mentor I've ever had. And quite honestly, it's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today is the things that I learned from him. We learned from him very early on the importance of discipline. And, and quite, quite frankly, Alan, I'm not sure exactly why we believed it, because it sucked. It wasn't fun, right? We went 0-10 our sophomore year. Our junior year, we started off 0-4, then we were 1-5, and, and then for I don't know how, but we reeled off four wins. We made the playoffs at five and five, got smoked in the first round. We turn around our senior year and we go and win a region championship. You go back and you look at the commonalities of the region championship team versus the O and 10 team. There's a couple of really small things. Four buckles at all times in your helmets, right? When coach is talking to you, look them in the eye. You're not going to be late to the offseason workouts. In the weight room, you don't sit down. When we're going through warm-ups, you run all the way through the line. You do an extra lunge past the line. When you're walking on and off, or you're not, never walking off the field, but when you're walking as a team up to the field, you're shoulder to shoulder. If you're on the sidelines, you're shoulder to shoulder. Whether you're starting or you're riding the bench, your helmet's on with four buckles, always ready to go. There's all these little things that we did no matter if we sucked or if we were winning football games. And you start to realize, man, 
that four buckles mentality is really starting to pay off here. It might suck to keep your helmet on the whole time, but I tell you what, I was never not ready. Mm-hmm. And so we take all the discipline lessons we learned from him, no matter how small they may have seemed at the time. And we can apply those to everything we're doing now. Discipline for sure has been the, the absolute foundation of why this coaching business exists or my coaching business exists. And what we're trying to build is an army of disciplined leaders, because I believe that's something that's truly lacking. Yeah. Well, boy, just like we did in the first episode, man, you, you have so much insight and such a great perspective. A few things that I want to double click on. Uh, one, uh, I remember hearing a, a quote, and I think it was attributed to Bobby Knight, uh, the, the coach in Indiana, although I don't know if he was the first to say it. But he basically said, discipline means doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done to the best of your ability and doing it that way all of the time. That was kind of how he defined discipline. And for whatever reason, you know, whether that's accurate or not, it just really resonated with me. And then it also, that kind of parlays into this mindset that I really believe that little things done consistently can have a huge impact. And it sounds like at face value, walking shoulder to shoulder, doing an extra lunge, four, bu- you know, four buckles on your, your helmet, they don't sound like big things. And they're not when done in isolation but you start doing those things all of the time and everyone does them together, then they start to add up. There's no doubt about it. Discipline. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, these small, consistent, disciplined habits are what are really what make us better at what we're doing. You do them repeatedly over and over and over again. I know you talk a lot, Alan, about repetition. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Just do it the same time. And there's and there's, there's little small things we can train ourselves to be more disciplined. I'll give you a really a, kind of a silly one, but it, but it works. If you want to become more patient, wait until your car is in park and turned off before you unbuckle your seatbelt. Do all of the dishes and clean them up, dry them, and put them away before you eat dinner. There's little things you can do to, 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 to work on these things that are just really just small, consistent, disciplined habits. I'm a, when I, I love, I love coach Knight's quote there. And, and I definitely agree. And I would just add on that kind of going back to the attitude episode is it doesn't really matter how you feel. You're still going to do it. Right. So when I think of discipline, I think of the word integrity. Mm-hmm. People have all these fancy definitions of integrity. It's about being honest, having a good moral compass and blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, I agree, but let's give you the raw definition, the black and white, yes or no definition of integrity. It's doing what you say you're going to do for others and yourself. And those are compounding features there, right? You either did it or you did not do it. That's what integrity is. It requires discipline to do those things. So we take clients and we go through a a lesson we call the integrity scale. So Alan, on a scale of one to 10, how often do you do what you say you are going to do for others? And usually your response to that is going to be, well, probably a nine or 10. You're a professional guy. You're a consistent guy. You're probably going to say nine or a 10. And that, that's good. Let's say, let's say you give me a nine for that. Say, okay, Alan, how often do you do what you say you're going to do for yourself? Your mind's going to start thinking like, well, I was supposed to eat healthy yesterday. I was supposed to get up at 4.30 this morning. I was supposed to do this. I didn't do all those things. I, uh, maybe I give myself a five. Okay. All right, so five isn't horrible. So you think you're at nine for others, five for yourself. Here's the deal. What you do for others, what you say you're going to do for the uh, for others and whether or not you do it and what you say you're going to do for yourself and whether or not you do it, those two things are compounding to equal the integrity percentage. Nine times five is 45%. So if I came out of a meeting with Alan Stein Jr. I said, man, the guy's great. He's very inspirational, good guy. 
But when it comes to integrity, he's at a 45%. I mean, that blows, right? And so you put people through this lesson, they're like, man, I could really find some ways to improve. And so we start going through really little things. We, we do something we call it the FOTG pledge. FOTG means feet on the ground. Mm. If you say you're going to get up at 530, this isn't just open your eyes and start scrolling your phone. This is feet go on the ground at 530 or before. Once again, black and white, yes or no, did you do what you said you were going to do for yourself? The only way to properly serve, coach, lead others is to do what you said you were going to do for yourself, period. If you can't do it for yourself, you can't do it for others, and you can't help other people climb the ladder. It's as simple as that. Man, that's so powerful. I, uh, so unpacking what you just said, if those were my answers, I'd be willing to bet that someone that says they're a five on you know doing what they said they do for themselves is probably not actually a nine for what they're doing for others. They're probably fooling themselves. Because as you said, if we're not leading ourselves, we're not leading anyone else. And if we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not taking care of anyone else. And I love how you put everything through a binary filter. I love when life can be black and white, yes or no, you did it or you didn't. Uh, I, I realize there are a lot of areas in life that do play in that kind of gray in between area. But that is really challenging. And to me, life becomes so much more simplified when it's a yes or a no. You did it or you didn't. So I, right. I think that's a fantastic perspective well, to have. My, uh, both my mother and my beautiful wife think that I need more gray area in my life. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with them a lot of times. But when it comes to getting, you know, achieving success or whatever your definition of success or, or going to accomplishing the next thing or your goals or whatever, you either got to do it or you're not going to do it. Like there's, there's really, there is no midpoint there. We can give people a framework and they can recalculate within it to figure out what they're going to do. And that's maybe their gray area. They're, they're exploring their creativity, but in the end, you either did it or you did it. It's one or the other. For sure. You know, and when you were kind of talking about that self-discipline, it reminded me of, of a seed that was planted in me very early in a middle school coach. Uh, and he basically said, Alan, if you're willing to be self-disciplined, then other people won't have to discipline you. Right. And, and for some reason that's stuck. And it just reminded me that, you know what, if I choose to do what's right, regardless of who's watching or who, who's not watching, I don't really have to worry about ever getting in trouble. I don't ever have to worry about, you know, getting myself out of a lie or, or saying something happened that didn't happen. I'm going to hold myself to an incredibly high code of discipline. And that might be hard in the moment, but it'll actually make my life easier in the long run. So I've always had a wonderful <coughs> relationship with the word discipline, but I found that a lot of people have a different connotation. They hear the word discipline and they think punishment. They think consequence and, and they have a relationship where they think discipline's a bad thing. Uh, and discipline happens to be one of my core values as well, because I believe discipline is the key to freedom. Everything that it is no in life starts with discipline. So, so talk to me about how folks can kind of reframe if they don't have the same relationship with the word discipline that you and I are, are thankful enough to have. So I, I got a, I was doing a, uh, it was on a, a Zoom last summer. I was talking to some, some coaches and um, I don't know if you know, uh, or actually I do know because he connected you, uh, connected us together, Eric Gabriel at High Point yes. and then Rob Esam was on it and, and, oh, some, yeah. other, and some other folks. And um, somebody asked me in there, I was going, I was going on a rant once again about the integrity scale. And they're like, Ben, do you ever get integrity fatigue? And I thought about it for a second. I was like, that's really interesting. And I was like, okay, well, let's go back to the raw definition of integrity. So integrity means doing what you say you're going to do. 
Okay, so do I ever get tired of that? Well, the answer is, yeah, I do. They're like, well, how do you correct it? Stop saying that you're going to do things, whether that's for yourself or for others. And that's just, that's time management. That's prioritization. That's selecting things. And so when you can bring out something like, look, it is difficult to be disciplined. It is not an easy thing to be disciplined whatsoever, but really it is quite simple. If you feel like you're getting a little bit too tired or you're too fatigued or you're too stressed, too much going on, stop committing yourself to so many things and stop telling people you're going to do things when you're not going to do them and stop telling the mirror you're going to do things when you're not going to do them. If you're said you're going to work out harder or eat better, then do it. And if you're not going to do it, stop committing to doing it and you're not going to get as stressed out about it. Oh, absolutely. And so much of this has to do with our self-talk and the narrative and the stories we tell ourselves. you know, as a personal example, for some reason, being disciplined with working out and with what I eat has always had very little friction for me. That's, that's always been pretty natural. Like you, you've never really had to twist my arm to work out or to eat well, or to get sleep. That's easy for me. And I say that respectfully, because I know to a lot of people listening, that's really hard for them. But I also know that in the past, um, I've not always made the best decisions with my money that I, that I haven't always been as financially disciplined as I'd like to be. And it got to a point where I just kind of kept telling myself this story. Well, I'm just not good with money. And uh, eventually a couple of years ago, I had to put a stop to that and say, look, in the past, I may have some examples of times where I did not make the most disciplined financial decision, but that is in the past. And now moving forward, every decision I have is an opportunity for me to exercise discipline and make a better decision. And my my financial life has changed radically in the last few years just by basically putting all four buckles on my my helmet and saying, I don't need to live in the past. I don't need to self-loathe and tell myself that I'm not good with money. I'm more than capable enough to make disciplined financial decisions and was able to just start doing that. And to your point, that was not easy to do. Uh, It's not easy to course correct years and in my case, decades of bad behavior and decisions, but but decision by decision, I've started to get more discipline. And now I've got a couple of years under my belt. I feel so much better. So discipline is absolutely something anyone listening to this can course correct anytime they choose. There's no doubt about it. I don't know if you have you read uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Of course. Brilliant book. Fixed versus growth mindset, right? You're in the fixed mindset when you're sitting there and you're talking about, well, I'm just not great with money. It's like people say they're not great test takers, but you're not a great test taker because you don't think you're a good test taker, right? You're not good with money because you don't think you're good with money. But I bet that if Alan, if you, if I was your coach and you had to give me $50 a month and you had to do that every single month, I can guarantee you by the end of the year, you will have $600. Yes. I'm like, whoa. That's how it works. Well, let's, maybe we can increase that a little bit. And it's, it, it does start small. I, you know, one thing I, I always like to uh, poke a little fun at one, one of my teammates here. She always likes to say, baby steps, Ben, baby steps. I'm like, baby steps are for babies. No. <laughs> that, be, that being said, there is something to be said for small action steps repeated over time until we can adjust and increase it a little bit for sure. Yeah, it's that power of, of incremental changes and the compounding interest of consistency. So, uh, yeah, and, and one of the ways I know that I started building momentum just to build my discipline muscle in general was it's probably been, I don't know, 25, 26 years now, but I've made my bed every single morning for the past 25, 26 years. Even when I'm traveling and I'm staying at a hotel where someone will come in and make the bed for me. 
I still do it because to me, uh, going back to that, that Bobby Knight uh, definition of discipline, I'm a big believer that I want to create some momentum early in my day. And I believe that discipline, as I said before, is the key to freedom in anything that we want, whether you want happiness, fulfillment, performance, inner peace, discipline is, is the first step to getting there. And I believe that making your bed is a sign of discipline, takes you 10 seconds. And why not start my day with a very small act of discipline every single day? And task completed, right? Yeah. And now task completed. And now that gives me a little bit of momentum to say, okay, now I want to be disciplined in what I'm going to do next in my morning routine. And now I'm going to be disciplined in the next financial decision that I make or what have you. And I'm not looking to bat a thousand, uh, which is good because I'm not, I'm far from perfect. But I, I've noticed that when I build that momentum and I strengthen that muscle, now little by little, I tend to show more discipline in every single area of my life. Disciplined habits are, they're really like magnets to the next disciplined habit, right? You just keep going and it all starts in the morning. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm sure, that, and I've read a few of them. There's some articles about it's good to get up early. It's good to sleep in, blah, blah, blah. Show me somebody who is successful that doesn't get up at a consistent time early in the morning. I'm a firm believer in that. The habit stacking, when I talk about discipline habits being, you know, magnets to each other, that's James Clear, Atomic Habits 101. Absolutely. Right? One of my favorite books. You go back to um, the, the book, Make Your Bed, the like 125 page book by um, Colonel or Admiral uh, McRaven, I think. For me, making your bed for me is kind of more about the feeling of coming home and seeing it clean and organized, right? I relate definitely to the small disciplined act of it. That being said, my small discipline act for me that works the best for me is that feet on the ground pledge. Yeah. I am going, because this also transfers into my largest pet peeve, which is somebody being late without any kind of notice or just like completely not letting you know, blowing you off. Like we need to be on time. That's one of the non-negotiables of my coaching relations folks. You need to be on time prepared for all coaching commitments. That's mm -hmm. it, right? So the FOTG pledge actually written on my desk. It goes like this. You put the time down, it says a pledge to myself. I respect my time as much as I respect everyone else's. My first appointment of the day begins when my feet hit the ground. I'll be earlier on time than my first appointment, and this will set the tone for my actions of the future. My greatest challenge of the day is getting my feet on the ground at or before blank a.m., and I will defeat my greatest challenge today. I don't care if you're getting them up at 4 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever, but give me the time and go beat it. Don't tell me 6 to 6.30, 5.15 to 5.30. Pick one. If you're having trouble getting up at 515, but you always beat 530, pick 530 and just beat it. Black and white, right? No gray area. FOTG pledge for me is uh, what definitely starts discipline in my day. Well, I love that. And that is how you build that momentum. And I would imagine if you're like me, as your discipline gets stronger, your confidence goes up. You're just your self-confidence and how you approach everything. So I can tell you right now, especially on days uh, where I'm in, in perfect sync, my morning routine is fluid. Like I, if I can, if I can manage that first 60 minutes after I wake up, I know that the rest of the day is going to be fantastic. Now, Freeze. that doesn't mean that everything that happens during that day is going to be my preference or to my liking, but now I've got the confidence to say, going back to our first episode, but now I've got the attitude to overcome whatever outcome I didn't get or whatever circumstance or if it's raining, why I'm actually smiling. So that discipline to me is directly correlated to confidence. The more discipline I have in every area of my life, the more confident I become and confidence is what ultimately leads to a higher state of performance. There's no doubt. We talk with a lot of teams, a lot of team leaders, a lot of business owners, 
is they talk about building this culture, right? And, and so everybody, everybody has a culture. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, whatever, but everybody has a culture. Here's the deal. I call this the culture funnel, okay? Small, consistent, disciplined habits. If you, Alan, can be, can be consistent in everything that you do, which does require discipline, if you can be consistent and you can show up and you can always be ready, then you receive trust from your teammates, right? Trust from your staff, trust from your employees, from your spouse, whoever it is. When people trust you, that kind of feels good, right? And when it feels good, you have confidence. And when you have confidence, you can go build whatever the hell culture you want to build. It all starts with small, consistent, disciplined habits so that you can trust me, giving me confidence to go build what we need to build. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for investing your time with us. I hope we helped you raise your game. For additional ways to raise your game and raise the game of those on your team, please visit allensteinjr.com and strongerteam.com.